Will you join me for a few moments and go to the gospel according to St. John chapter 2. St. John chapter 2. And I want to begin by looking at verse 1. And the third day there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee. And the mother of Jesus was there. And both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus said unto him, They have no wine. And Jesus said unto her, Woman, what have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. And his mother said unto the servants, Whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. And there were set there six water pots of stone, after the manner of the purifying of the Jews, containing two or three firkins apiece. And Jesus said unto them, Fill the water pots with water. And they filled them up to the brim. And he said unto them, Draw out now and bear unto the governor of the feast, and they bear it. And when the ruler of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine and knew not whence it was, but the servants which drew the water knew the governor of the feast called the bridegroom and said unto him, Every man at the beginning doeth set forth good wine. And when he had made well drunk, then that which is worse, but thou have kept the good wine until now. God bless the hearers, readers, and doers of his most holy word. Verse 10 says that he has kept the good wine until now. I want to talk to you for a few moments from this subject. He saved the best for last. He saved the best for last. If you can, just type that in the comments. He saved the best for last. As I was praying and meditating and thinking about this moment and this opportunity to share in this celebration of 53 years, looking at the life of Bishop Blake and Lady May, we can indeed all attest again to the reality of the journey that they have taken over the last few years has indeed been a glorious one. They've seen many miracles. They've seen the hand of God at work. They have touched many lives through their ministry and sacrifice and even their commitment. But one thing of their own admission and when we listen to the witness and testimony of Bishop Blake when 53 years ago when he was uh, signed and appointed to the West Angeles Church of God in Christ was not some of the most favorable circumstances. But even in those early years, and as much as God had anointed him to pastor and to lead, those early years were not devoid of challenges and setbacks. It was not devoid of fights and even attacks from the enemy. But as we have heard that testimony, we have seen the resilience and the faith and tenacity, the boldness to stand in the midst of adversity and times of great challenge. What a testimony. What, what a tremendous journey this has been. And seemingly throughout Bishop's and Lady May's life, we can see that yes, there are moments and times where there are challenges 
But there's nothing that they have encountered that God has not brought them through and God has not brought them over. I think it is very, very interesting when we consider uh, leadership at its best. Because many times people feel that leadership is more about making speeches and grand appearances. But when you think about leadership, yes, it has to do with leading and influencing. But when we look at it from the perspective of Jesus Christ, Jesus says that let he that is greatest among you be the servant of all. So that means and suggests to us that one must possess this genuine love for God and genuine love for people that will cause you to sacrifice for the sake of humanity. And certainly we have seen the West Angeles Church grow and expand. We have seen the ministry and leadership of our leaders grow and expand, but it is because of their servitude and their servanthood, their commitment and understanding that life and ministry and leadership within itself is a journey. And one thing about a journey that, that, that causes it to realize its potential is that it, it is all done in time. In time. Here we are 53 years later. And we are enjoying the presence of the Lord in all of the number of ministries and seeing how many lives have changed. And, and even now the, the new Family Life Center is being built. We see the hand of God still at work, but it came in time. See, I, I've discovered that it is important that we understand the, the essence of time. What, what, what would you say about time? And I don't have time to go through all of the details of time, but, but let me drop this on you because I heard it once said that time is what keeps everything from happening at once. I'm going to say it again. Time is what keeps everything from happening at once. In other words, what's happening right now in 2022 at West Angeles could not have happened 53 years ago. But in time, time as time would have it, here we are in space and time. Time, should I even say to you, is what's keeping everything from happening at once. We know the Bible where it says, that there is a time and a season for everything. So that means if time is what is keeping everything from happening at once, then how does God use time and why does he use time? God, listen to me, has orchestrated and ordained every stage of your life. I think that is critically important that God has orchestrated or ordained or allowed every stage of your life. And I'm not just talking about the good times. I'm not just talking about when all things are well, but every phase of your life. God either orchestrated it, ordained it, or he allowed it. And because either if he ordained it, orchestrated it, or allowed it, then that means what Paul suggested and submitted to us, that all things work together 
for the good of them who love the Lord and those who are called according to his purpose. So that means, my brothers and sisters, that we must learn to live according to God's timetable and turntable and walk in the perfect timing of God. In other words, we must develop a purpose-driven approach to life. When we look at uh, Bishop Blake's life and Lady May's, their lives suggest to us that they understood their call and their purpose. And what a beautiful example that it gives to us that we must yield our entire life and will to God. To live out God's purpose in his perfect timing not all at once I know there are a lot of people that want everything that God is going to do to do it right now but can you imagine if God has called you for a specific purpose and he has he does everything that you desire for him to do and he does everything that he purposed to do for you when he does it that's it that means your time is up the only reason why you are still here I don't care what season you're in in your life. The only reason why you're still here is because there's some more that God wants to do in your life. And when we walk in God's perfect timing, we allow God then to be the leader, the author, the progenitor of the who, the what, the when, the where, and the how of our lives. That's why the Bible says that in all thy ways we ought to acknowledge him. And then he said he will direct our path. See, that is so important that we understand the purpose of God and we understand the timing of God because he holds our time, our purpose, and his will in his hand. And many times, two of the greatest challenges that we have are, number one, being in pursuit of things that God does not want us to have or not understanding the timing of God for those things he wants us to have. And when we have those challenges and we do not acknowledge the importance of the purpose of God and the proper timing for everything, we'll end up taking on jobs that God did not want us to have or become involved with things that God had no plans for us to be in we'll end up in relationships and connection that God did not ordain for us because it is all about walking in the timing of God and understanding our purpose and when we talk about God's timing it refers to the best time or season or in which he would allow something to happen or he would do something, watch this, according to his will. According to his will. So, so again, we must trust God with our lives. We must trust God on this life's journey. We must trust God with the timing of things. I know that you want God to hurry up and do whatever it is he wants that you want him to do or you expecting him to do. But let me say to you today that God is not in a hurry to do anything. God is not anxious to do anything. God is not nervous about what he is going to do. God is not worried about what he is going to do. In fact, 
God is patience. And he always wait until the right time to make the move or to allow something or to disallow something. It is all about the will of God, the purpose of God, and the timing of God. Even when it seems like you're losing, even when it seems like God doesn't care, he's not moving fast enough. You trust God with your life. As I said a few moments ago, that all things work together for the good of them who love the Lord and those who are called according to his purpose. And I know if Bishop and Lady May could testify today, they will tell you that over the last 53 years, we have trusted the timing of God and we have seen God move on our behalf because we had the hand of God in our lives. See, that's one thing you're guaranteed when you operate in God's timing. And that is you are guaranteed the hand of God. And when God's hand is on and in your life and you are trusting the timing of God, let me tell you two things that happens that you receive when you have the hand of God upon you. You receive his protection and you receive God's provision. Did you hear what I just said? When you operate in the timing of God and you trust God on your life's journey, I don't care what season that you're in, you have God's protection and you have God's provision. Vision. Have you ever seen individuals that, that, that seem like God's hand is upon them and, and, and seem like they, we've experienced or, or seen the, the various things that they had to go through, the reason why they were able to survive and the reason why they were able to see the victory and the miraculous happen in their lives is because God protected them. See, when you are in the will of God, you are guaranteed his protection so that means no weapon that's formed against you shall be able to prosper no court case no disease no plot no scheme of the enemy no disappointment no depression no mental pain no loss can kill you or destroy you because God hands protect you. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff they comfort me. We have the hand of God to protect us. Can I say to somebody today, I, I encourage you to just trust the timing and the hand of God because his hand protects you. And not only does his hand protect, but his hand provides. Sometimes you don't, it doesn't seem like you have everything that you need and, and have all the provisions that you need, but when you are in the will of God and then the timing of God, it unleashes the favor of God upon your life and God supplies. For the Bible said, my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. So when you move in God's time and you move according to the will of God, you get his hand. And his hand brings protection and provision. But also understand this, my brothers and sisters, that when you move in God's timing, you will have limitless, absolutely 
positively mind-blowing futures. Did you hear what I just said? When you move in God's timing, you will have limitless, absolutely, positively mind-blowing futures. In other words, remember what we said about time. Time keeps everything from happening at the same time. Because if everything happened at the same time, then there will be no future. There will be no hope. But I come to tell somebody today, because you are waiting on God, because you did not throw in the towel, because you still have your heart set and your, your affection set on things above, God God says because of your trust, you have limitless, absolutely, positively mind-blowing futures. No wonder the Lord gave to our leader, Bishop Blake, years ago, I see you in the future. And you look much better than you look right now. Somebody need to type that in the comments. I see me in the future. And I look much better than I look right now. Why? Because it may not look good right now. But if I wait on God, I believe that I have a mind-blowing future. Hallelujah. That means that if there is a mind-blowing future, I have hope. I have hope because God always rewards faithfulness. He always rewards those who trust in him. He rewards those who wait on him. That's important that we learn how to wait on the Lord. What did prophet Isaiah say? They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings like an eagle. They shall run and not be weary and they shall walk and not faint. Now, notice what I said about the future. I've suggested to you that the future is mind-blowing. That means that the future is good. I know the plans, the thoughts that I have uh, for you. They are good and not evil, but to give you an expected end. See, that's where the enemy mess a lot of people up is when we are on the journey and so much happens in between the time that God reveals what he's going to do and he actually does it. And so what is important that you keep in your mind that there is a limitless, absolutely, positively mind-blowing future for you. In other words, the better is on the way. The best is yet to come. As a matter of fact, I'm going to go ahead and tell you that it could be that God is saving the best for last. You have seen him work before. You have seen him move before. And sometimes it seems like God is slow or he's not responding. I don't know which category you fit in, but one thing I do know that I serve a God that at the end he has the last say. And when God has the last say, he has already promised us that all things work together for the good of them who love the Lord and all of those who are called according to his purpose. I believe even this miracle that we are looking at this morning as we consider St. John chapter 2 speaks to the reality that often God saves the best for last. The Bible said that uh, there was a, a wedding feast in Cana of Galilee. And the Bible it clearly distinguishes the guests who were there and enumerates particularly...
that Mary, the mother of Jesus,